This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. and we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So, how has your week been? Uh, it's been a combination of very busy, but also had a pretty fun weekend. Uh, this past Saturday was the wife's birthday. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so happy we went birthday up. for me. Yeah, will do. Uh, so we went up to uh, Savannah, Georgia, just kind of like a, a little weekend getaway, got back yesterday. And yeah, work was kind of a struggle today because it's <laughs> like, you, you know how driving can just take a lot out of you. Um, the fact that it's like a six hour drive to and from Savannah. I've just been kind of running on fumes today, but it was a fun trip. Uh, work's been busy as always. Uh, getting the movie done, got the... Uh, uh, color corrected footage back so Ooh. once um you know we get full approval on that i'll get the high the high res version of it and then um i'm still working on the sound edit and then just waiting for the score to get done and we'll have a movie that's so cool getting and then you're in the 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 home stretch now this is always the part where I start to get a little anxious because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel yep. and I'm like, I'm ready for it to be done, but still, still a little bit left to, to work on it. So that's so cool. Just plugging right along. What about you? Uh, it's been all right, except for today. I can't log in to Twitch. Luckily my stream lab still is hooked up to it. Both of my computers have been logged out of Twitch and I try to log in. And, of course, I have two-factor authentication where it sends me a text message with a login key, and it wouldn't do it. So I kept hitting the button, and then eventually the button just said, you've requested too many SMS messages. And I'm like, you never even sent me one. What the hell? You got to love the the power of technology. You know, we've come so far in advancements with everything that we still can't perfect a simple login sometimes. I don't, I don't get it. It's so dumb. And I can't, I can't do the authenticator app because I have to be in my account to to hook up the app. But I can't get in the my account because it won't let me. They should have an alternative method for you to be able to get in. I I, I don't know. I, I that's the only way it says that it will let me in is if I have the authenticator app or it sends me the SMS message, and it won't send me the SMS message to get in my account. I wonder if uh, if. Twitch has been hijacked. I don't know. I, Who I, knows? I tweeted at Twitch support a little while ago and still haven't gotten a reply back yet. So they may be, uh, they may be getting like DDoSed or something. Who knows? Who knows these Maybe. days? It's customer support is tough these days because everywhere is just so short staffed that I, I almost go in with the expectation, whether it's like a restaurant or you know, retail or anything like that. Everywhere is short-staffed. And who knows, Twitch might be short-staffed too. I just want a human being to talk to, you know, and I can say, hey, this thing never sent me my message. And they're like, oh, let me fix that for you. Bing, you're in. No, I got to go through like 800 different AIs that aren't smart enough to do anything like that. Because of course. Yeah, because that's just how it is. Well, hopefully you'll be able to get back in. It'd be funny if it broke during the show. You were able to get back in. <laughs> hopefully, but I'll probably get. Yeah, like hopefully, 10, you'll be able to get back in. ASAP. I'll probably get like ten SMS messages in a row, and like in the middle of the night, that'll be. Fun. Your phone will just blow up at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. That's how it usually works. But uh, but yeah, it's been a good week. We had a really good episode of Open Micers that just dropped today, and uh, we had at TV's Travis on the show, and he. Um, is from the Wait You Haven't Seen podcast. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a very, very good movie talk podcast. It's a very cool, um, it, the way it's set up is him. You know, it's always him, but he has like a rotating cast of co-hosts where 
um, one or the other hasn't seen a movie, so they watch it and then they discuss it, and that I think that breeds really cool discussion. Yeah, because you have somebody who's like a veteran of some type of movie, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a newbie. Yeah, I like that format. So it's really cool. If you haven't checked it out, go check that out. And um, I put, I've been playing some uh, Last of Us Remastered for the PS4, which I picked up not too long ago, and uh, kind of hooked on that game right now. I didn't, I didn't know what to really expect. I just everything I've heard about that game is everybody talks about how depressing it is, and it is. But it reminds me so much of like. Sort of a little bit Walking Dead, a little bit um, Days Gone, a little bit of this and that, and it's all kind of mashed together, and I'm really enjoying it. I like post-apocalyptic worlds to to explore. It's always an interesting universe to get your know, different creators' takes on whether they're games or movies, and and Last of Us is up there, you know, and I, I think it'll make for a pretty good adaptation when the show comes out. Yeah, in, and that's another what, thing. Two I, months. I wanted to get. Uh, I wanted to get familiar with it before the show comes out because the show looks pretty good so i'm gonna try to get through mm-hmm. it and joey image joined us in the chat room what's joey. up good, sir? but uh it is time for the news what do you say let's do it some of today's stories were submitted to us by armez jackson who has made my life supremely easier over the last couple of years. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And Rampage said in the chat room, the final decision is tough and last of us. I got to make a decision. I don't like, eh, I don't want to make a decision. <laughs> no. Decisions no. suck. But uh, the top story for this last week is we lost the voice of Batman. Mr. Kevin Conroy passed passed away. Uh, a couple of days ago, and that one stung really badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, growing up in the 90s, Batman the Animated Series was a staple mm-hmm. in pop culture. You know, we had the comics, we had the live-action movies, but there was something special about Batman the Animated Series, and there are so many other reasons why, but as a fellow filmmaker, you know... Really, what shows and movies come down to are the characters and the performances that the actors give. Kevin Conroy was the definitive Batman. When I read a Batman comic, mm-hmm. I picture Kevin <laughs> Conroy's voice in my head. Yep. He he will be, at least to me, the definitive Batman. And I'm with you like that. That one stung because I can remember you know, coming home from school and watching Batman, the animated series and just being drawn in by Kevin Conroy's performance mm-hmm. as Batman, because it was just, it's almost like he had the perfect voice for Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, just what he could do with his voice, uh, going from Batman to Bruce Wayne and the emotions he could get out of just, a grunt or, you know, like just what he could do with his voice was amazing. But just the, the, the worst part of it all, I mean, he was only 65, 66 years old. It's way too young, man. I mean, he should have mm-hmm. been Batman for another 20 years at least. You know, I mean, if he would have lived to be 85, I mean, you're doing something like that. I mean, you could do voice work until forever. As long as you're mm-hmm. able to do it. And he apparently had an aggressive form of cancer. And uh, cancer can just go suck it, man. Like, it's Batman. We lost Batman, dude. The last 30 years of my life, the voice of Batman is Kevin Conroy. And now he's gone. Yeah, it's... and. and... I didn't even know he was sick. I didn't either. You know, when I, I re- when I read did. that he had an aggressive form of cancer, and he did a good job of keeping it quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I had no clue. Mm-mm. But yeah, I I think though the the memories that he's created for now multiple generations, because he's had even returned to be Batman mm-hmm. in some of the animated movies and you know the the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. So he he was still the voice of Batman for a generation after the animated series. I don't think he, any, he, any, anybody will ever be able to replace him fully. 
I just I, because I mean, when you think of Batman, you you think Kevin Conroy. Like, if there's an animated movie coming out, if there's a video game coming out, you're like, it better be Kevin Conroy doing the voice. And I know that there are people out there that can mimic voices. Like, you have um, what's the guy's name that took over for the Joker, and he sounds like Mark Hamill, but he's not quite. Oh, jeez. Was it Troy Baker? Troy Baker, yeah. Like, he can do the Joker. He can do the Mark Hamill Joker, but it's not quite Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the same thing for Kevin Conroy. I mean, they could get somebody that sounds like him, but it's not going to be Kevin Conroy. And he knew that character. He he respected that character. He wouldn't do anything to, to, harm, anybody, to, to harm that character in any way. And... Just to know that he's not around anymore, it's almost like I, I don't. I don't want to think about there being someone else as the definitive Batman. Like he is the definitive Batman. Well, I was gonna say for us, I don't think it will be anybody else. Kevin Conroy will be the definitive Batman. There was a really cool picture I saw on Twitter. Uh, I think it was the day after he passed away. There was a shot from Batman the Animated Series where it's a silhouette of Bruce Wayne without the cowl on and he's holding it, you know, in front of his face, but someone replaced Bruce Wayne's face with an animated Kevin mm-hmm. Conroy. I saw that. <laughs> and, and it was, it was pretty incredible. So, you know, the, the memories that he's created for, you know, people of our generation and after will, will never be forgotten, will never be replicated. Yeah, and I don't think it's possible to replicate it. I mean, the Batman animated series came out at a time in our lives where it was, it came on every afternoon. He was in our homes. He was in our on our television sets. We watched it religiously every single afternoon. I taped episodes of it. Um, I still collect VHS and you know DVD copies of the old um, animated series stuff. And I just don't think it could ever be replicated that way ever again. I mean, I love Diedrich Bader does a really good Batman voice, you know, different people do great turns as Batman, but they'll never be the definitive Batman voice. Totally agree. But, uh, now that that sad news story is (laughs) over, let's (laughs) move on to, uh, this is from our man Jackson sent this one. This is from NintendoEverything.com. Sports story resurfaces release date set for December. Many fans have been waiting for sports story and it turns out that the project isn't very far off. It'll launch this December sidebar games revealed during the Indie World Showcase. It is the follow-up to Golf Story, which received a lot of attention on Switch in 2017. And Sidebar Games originally hoped to have the new title out mid-2020, but it ended up seeing a delay. Um, And I've heard a lot about Golf Story. I've never played it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about how cool that game is. It's almost like a RPG golf game, and that sounds weird, but it also sounds kind of cool. Like, I'd love to see what uh, it's all about. Um, it says Sports Story is also a sports RPG. It's featuring a mix of sports and sporting activities wrapped up in one big story. With a multitude of characters to meet, you will make plenty of friends and enemies along the way. It isn't just about sports. It's about it's an all-out sporting adventure. Yeah, I've heard about Golf Story as well. And you think of sports games and you think of RPG and you're like, these things do not belong mm-hmm. together at all. <laughs> but... The concept of merging the two together, like it sounds intriguing enough to where you're like, I want to see if this actually works. And I've heard good things about Golf Story. Yeah, I'm going to have to just pick it up and see what it's about. I do want to check out Tennis Story because I was a big fan of Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. And that had not quite RPG elements to me, but it had elements other than you just playing tennis matches. Yeah. So I, I might check this out. Once it comes out, even the, you know, the screen cap that's in the article, it reminds me of an updated Mario Tennis Game Boy game. Yeah, it's got a really cool art style to it that that looks kind of not cutesy, but it's it's kind of very stylized. And I, I like I really like the look of it. I've seen other games that look like this. The titles don't come to mind, but I have seen this art style before and mm-hmm. I, I do like it. So I, I'd be curious to check this out. I, I think I'll. I'll actually get it. Yeah. 
Let's see, from GameRant.com, Nintendo looking to improve Switch online service with further enhancements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my thought when I saw the headline. Uh, Nintendo president uh, Shuntaro Furukawa revealed in a recent Q&A session that the company is aiming to improve the Nintendo Switch online service. Furukawa answered a question from the press asking about the future of Nintendo's online ambitions during a financial call. According to Nintendo's president and director, there are indeed considerations to expand and improve the Nintendo Switch online service. There's a saying that comes to mind when I think of this, and that is, fool me once, Mm -hmm. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. There's also another saying that comes to mind, and that is, I'll believe it when I see it. The biggest thing they need to take care of is... That store, that online store is atrocious. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) I don't know how they could have such a good uh, online store for the the Wii, but just completely, pardon my French, but shit the bed when it comes to the Switch. I mean, their online stuff isn't great as far as like their multiplayer stuff and things like that, but... All they just need to to hire somebody that just knows what they're doing. Well, you brought up a great point. The Wii uh, virtual store was great. Mm-hmm. It had nice the, music. The, the layout was yeah. They had nice music. It was simple. It was easy to navigate. Why don't you just I don't know maybe change the coloring a little bit, but don't change the format of it, and you move it over to the Switch. I mean, the the Switch online store reminds me of, like, 1990s internet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that it doesn't boot up with the... (laughs) It's like a GeoCity site. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, What what was that search engine with the the mountain as a logo? Was it AltVista? I think so. That sounds familiar. It it makes me think of that. Like it's the <laughs> like the the off-brand Yahoo version. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. How could they you think had, that that's good? You have such a simple concept and all you have to do is just migrate that style over and yeah. your problems are solved. But Nintendo likes to overly complicate things and not in a good way. Yeah. I I just don't understand why Nintendo has such uh, not hatred, but just it's almost like they just don't understand the internet and they don't want to do anything to like they their idea of the internet is like old people from from like the 90s. They're like they're scared of it, you know. Get on the world wide web <laughs> on the information superhighway. Superhighway. <laughs> this next story comes from NintendoLife.com. Konami's arcade classics receiving limited run Switch physical release. Pre-orders are open this week. Um, Back in June at the showcase for physical distributor limited run games, it was announced the Konami arcade classics anniversary collection would be receiving a physical release. It is now announced uh, announcing pre-orders are open later this week on November 11th. Is that today? No, that was Friday. That was Friday. Okay. Yeah. So it it should be, it's up now. There will be a Mm -hmm. standard, classic, and ultimate edition to choose from. And here is the rundown. The standard is $34.99. Comes with a copy of the game and reversible cover art. Uh, The classic edition is $64.99. Includes a copy of the game, reversible cover art, a soundtrack CD, a silver box with art by Tom Dubois, a retro-style dust sleeve, and reversible 18 by 24 poster. Now here's the ultimate edition. It gets the version comes with a also comes with a steelbook, arcade style arcade token style coin, a mini arcade cabinet replica, movie viewer, plays video and sound only, a history of book, and a Vic Viper metal figure. And this actually looks really cool. And if I had 160 bucks to plop down, I would have this. Yeah, the mini arcade cabinet and the metal figure are both really cool. Like it's cool to have physical content like that when it comes with like a collector's edition, you know, like everybody can do a poster or something like that or the, the token, but yeah, I I like that. They're adding some more value, like with the, the classics book, 
with the the metal figure with the arcade cabinet. It, it just I do like the the dust sleeve how it mm-hmm. looks like the old black box versions mm-hmm. of the NES uh, boxes. It, it looks really cool. I'm just really glad that Konami is kind of slowly dipping their toes back into the water. And hopefully this stuff does well enough that they understand how much we want them to bring this stuff back. And and if people want Konami to continue or other companies to come back and continue, go buy the products. Because if it sells well, then they'll make more. Give me a new Contra game. Yeah, that that'd be a fun little announcement. New Contra. I, I don't know, you know what I would new, do. With new Contra myself. out right now. Yeah, would be cool. Would be so cool. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I do like when Nintendo does that during their directs. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this game's available now." Yeah, I've been waiting for the last five years to hear it. Uh, the new Metroid game is available today. <laughs> yeah, I have to wait a couple more years for that. Yeah, probably till the next console. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. And let's see, from NintendoLife.com, Sega wants to know what mini console fans would like to see next. Uh, many video game consoles might not be quite as popular with publishers as they were a number of years ago, but one company that's still a fan of this idea is Sega, which the second Mega Drive Mini slash Genesis uh, recently dropped a couple of weeks ago. If you're interested in seeing more of Sega's mini systems in the future, you could be in luck. A digital survey included with Mega Drive Mini 2 purchases asked players what other mini systems they'd like to see in the future, which would include uh, an SC-3000, SG-1000, Mark III Master System, Saturn, Dreamcast, Mega Drive Mini 3, Game Gear Micro Part 2, among others. So... To me, there's only one choice. Yeah, same here. Dreamcast. It's got to be a Dreamcast. Joey Image would have 20 of them. He is screaming in the chat room right now. Dreamcast (laughs) only. See, that's the thing they could do. Why not do the Dreamcast? And you don't have to do a mini Saturn because it wasn't that popular, but you could go ahead and just put whatever the best Saturn games were for it on the actual on the Dreamcast mini there's no reason not to do it as bonus content yeah i mean even some of this other stuff like you could put some of the 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 original master system games on there hell just do a dreamcast and just, and all these ga- every single game from the the you know the mark 1 <laughs> the sc3000 or whatever it was called all the way up to the dreamcast is probably like one gig of information. Like, just why not just put it all on there? So Nintendo did this with the SNES Classic. They included Star Fox 2, which had never been released to the public. But you had to, I think you just had to go through the first uh, level in the, mm-hmm. the first Star Fox, and you would unlock it. Yeah. What if you had, like, the Saturn and all these other uh, bonus games, but you had to meet certain objectives in the cool. Dreamcast games to unlock them. <laughs> the only way to open some of these games is to beat some of the other games. That that would might be kind of frustrating. <laughs> and, True. And maybe but, you just do like the first level of something, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just to give you a reason to go through and play all the different games. Like you could do something that simple. Yeah. Uh, Joey says in the chat room, this shouldn't even be a question. People have been asking online for a Dreamcast Mini for years. Do it, Sega. And I agree. I mean, uh, Sega Dreamcast is is that that one console that not a lot of people have, but everybody loves. And I think if you were to put out a Dreamcast, it would do better than the original Dreamcast, honestly. I think so, too. At some point, I do want to get an actual Dreamcast, though. It's so fun. I need to go back and uh, get jump back into Code Veronica so I can re- review that for for Christmas time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I had to stop for a bit because I'm like I said, I'm playing Last of Us right now, and I can only play one scary game at a time. So no, I I can understand that. <laughs> but uh, I struggle to get through one. Yeah, well, you need to play two so you can review that. Yeah, yeah, I do. So good. It's so good. I'm telling you. 
But uh, that is it for the news, and now it's time for this month in video game history. In November of 1979, Atari releases the vector graphics-based Asteroids, which becomes Atari's second best-selling game of all time and displaces Space Invaders as the most popular game in the U.S. Yeah, Asteroids one of those iconic arcade games. You know, when you think of arcade cabinets, games from that era, you know, Asteroids to me is is on that short list. And uh, I really liked Asteroids when I was a kid, but now I, I never really understood it. <laughs> and uh, it, it's because I never played the uh, the arcade version. I only ever played the Atari Twenty Six Hundred version, and that it's kind of weird playing it on the 2600. I've never played it on the 2600, so... Really, the only true way to play that game is with a trackball. At least from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that is true. November 12th, 1980, Stern Electronics releases Berserk with designer Alan McNeil's signature on the monitor glass of each cabinet. Now, Berserk, I played a ton of in the arcade and the Atari 2600 when I was a kid. Yeah, I've never played it, but I, I know of this game. I, I just, when I see the title, I just think of the song Berserker from the yeah. original Clerks movie. <laughs> Berserker! is like a truck. Berserker. Um, Berserker would actually, I think, would make a pretty good remake if you were to do it today. It would be pretty scary. I mean, the whole... The whole conceit of the game is you are in this maze with electrified walls, uh, robots that are trying to kill you, and this disembodied head that's constantly chasing you around everywhere called Evil Otto, which scared the crap out of me every time he came on the screen when I was a kid. It sounds like something out of my nightmares. It is. I think it would be. it's ripe for a remake. Sounds like it. Uh, November of 1982, Microsoft Flight Simulator 1.0 is released for MS-DOS. It becomes standard compatibility test for early PC clones. Great time killer is the Mm -hmm. Flight Simulator. If you're sitting around at a computer and you have nothing to do, just pull up Flight Simulator and you'll kill easily (laughs) 30 minutes to an hour of your time. Oh, yeah. Still can't quite land those planes. No. But they're they're fun to fly, though. Uh, November 22nd, 1999, Rare releases Donkey Kong 64 for the Nintendo 64 in North America, which is the first 3D game in the Donkey Kong series. I remember when this game came out, I was a little surprised that it didn't come out sooner because you would think with Donkey Kong, you know, especially with Donkey Kong Country being as popular as it was for the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo, you would think that a game like this would have come out within the first year of the N64's lifespan, but it actually came out, you know, on the back end of it. Well, it's because they were still making Donkey Kong uh, uh, Donkey Kong games for the Super Nintendo for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a fun game, you know? It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I personally am a fan of... Donkey Kong 64. November 18th of 2001, Nintendo releases the GameCube in North America with launch titles Luigi's Mansion and Wave Race Blue Storm. That's what we need. We need a new Wave Race game. Right? Yeah, I I never played Wave Race for, for the GameCube, but I, I remember the launch of this quite well. You know, I was a little concerned because there wasn't, and not to knock Luigi's Mansion because I do like that game, but it didn't really have a strong lineup when it came out. You know, mm-hmm. Smash Brothers was going to come out a month after. Pikmin came out a month after. We didn't get a Mario game until 2002. We didn't get Zelda till 2003. Yeah. So it, it had a very strange launch, but uh, the GameCube, I think, has become more popular as the years go by and people see that it's really not a bad system. Oh, yeah, Rampage. Uh, Hydro Thunder is a great game. He says he prefers Hydro Thunder. I'll take a Hydro Thunder, a new Hydro Thunder game. Hell, yeah. Yeah, why not? It'd be great. And up last, we have November 15th, 2002. 
Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion are released for the GameCube and Game Boy Advance, respectively. They released those at believe... the same time? Yep, on the same day, because they were actually... Um, so, they had this link cable that you could connect your Game Boy Advance to the GameCube, hmm. and you could get um, certain features if you had both games and connect them. So, you could get Samus's suit from Fusion, which was quite different, and wear it in Metroid Prime. That's awesome. I didn't know yeah. this. Yeah, no, there there were some really cool um cool features with it. I can't remember most of them off the top of my head, but I I remember it was a big deal that the two of them came out because Metroid had skipped the N64's lifespan. Mm-hmm. And I I think both these games are a little underrated. You know, the Prime caught a lot of flack when it first came out because of the first person uh, viewpoint. But it's actually a really good game. Yeah, it is. It's great. But but the thing is, if you didn't like that, you could go play Metroid Fusion, which is arguably my favorite Metroid game. Like, it's actually really, really good. It plays just like Super Metroid, just with a little bit brighter graphics. It's got a great storyline. It's got a great villain. It's a really, really good game. I actually think if you played Metroid Fusion, you would absolutely love it. I need to go get me a copy of that because I know I like it. I love Metroid. I love all the early Metroid games. I, I really wish they would put out some new Prime. I, I don't care what it is. I just need new Metroid in my life, but I need it to not be as complicated as Dread was. Because I don't know about you, but after playing Dread for an hour, it's almost like your hands are just cramped from, yep. <laughs> from all yep. the stuff you have to do. Uh, Rampage says Fusion is still his number one Metroid game. I don't dispute that with anybody. If they say Fusion's their favorite or they think it's the best, you know, it's it's tough to argue. It's really, really good. Okay, Joey just made the strangest... Uh, 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 yeah, what, what, I don't even get... Okay, look, I'm, this, I can't even talk after Here, reading I'll, this I'll, sentence. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> I, Joey says, I've had a GameCube for years. In a related note, I've never played GameCube. What? What? I, I'm curious, Joey. What what games do you have for the GameCube? I mean, I'll let you know what you should start out with. How do you have a GameCube, and how do you have never played GameCube? That's you. What? What? Because Days Gone is that drug that he can't quit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Days Gone only came out a year or so ago, and what we've got twenty years of. GameCube that he's never touched. Yeah, true. So I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Okay, if you're gonna play GameCube, may I suggest the Rebel Assault games? Um yep. let's see. Uh what else is really good? Some Mario Sunshine's really good. Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. Um There's so I mean, you can't go wrong on the GameCube. People talk crap about the GameCube, but that had a solid lineup of games. And the best controller ever made. Oh, it's so... Mm, chef's kiss. Perf- perfection. <laughs> but before we go into the review tonight, Derek has Patreon shout-outs. As always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out our newest patron, John West. Thank Woo-hoo. you so much for joining our Patreon community. We also want to shout-out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Jack Eveland, Joey Image, and Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. And if you want to be a part of our Patreon community, you can just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. If you want to be a part of the community, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks, which we mentioned, you know, the untimely passing of Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. We've done an episode, I think two episodes, haven't we, of Batman the Animated mm-hmm. Series? Yeah, we did. At a, least one. A couple. Yeah, so that that's that's up there. We've done other animated shows like DuckTales, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, live action movies, uh, live action shows. It, we've built up a pretty extensive catalog of uh, of content that we've produced throughout the years. So 
you want to be a part of that and get early access to those, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek is talking about... Island music. I, I dig it. I feel like I should be on a game show when I'm hearing this. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you could say I'm cheating a little bit with this review, but I don't think so. I'm reviewing for because this is our penultimate episode before we hit episode 300. And I've been wanting to play this ever since Sonic Origins came out because I have never beaten sonic 3 and knuckles which is the combined game of sonic the hedgehog 3 and sonic and knuckles uh, both released in the early 90s and we've talked you know off and on about the concept of the sonic and knuckles cartridge how it had the the slot on the top of the cartridge where you can put in a, another game and i remember getting sonic and knuckles because i didn't know anything about the additional features that were going to happen with this. I was like, this is kind of weird. It's like, you can plug another game onto it. And then I read that you can put Sonic three on top of the cartridge and you have a full game because the, the games take or Sonic and Knuckles takes place immediately after Sonic the Hedgehog three. So it's really one cohesive story. They're just eliminating the process of taking out the cartridge and putting in a new one. Mm -hmm. What's cool about it is that there are new features that are added in the game. Uh, like all the other Sonic games, one of your main objectives is to enter various special stages and collect the Chaos Emeralds. Once you get the seven Emeralds, you can turn into Super Sonic, which is like an invulnerable version of Sonic the Hedgehog. What's cool, though, is if you do that during the Sonic 3 portion of the game... Once you beat Robotnik and transition to Sonic and Knuckles, there's a cutscene at the beginning where you see Knuckles emerging from this like hidden chamber. In that chamber is an entrance to the hidden palace where you find the seven emeralds encased around the master emerald. Once you touch an emerald, you go to another special stage. When you do that, you get what's called a super emerald. Hmm. So you have to go through and go through the special stages again to get the seven super emeralds. Once you do that, you become hypersonic, which is an insanely fast version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like Sonic's already kind of fast on his own. Supersonic is close to uncontrollable. <laughs> hypersonic is uncontrollable. Like you just move across the screen so fast, like and it's, it's it's tough to go through normal stages as hypersonic because you don't know what's in front of you. And half the time, like I fall off a cliff and die. And then it's like, well, what what was the purpose of that? But it comes in handy with boss battles, because what you have to do is once you get all the emeralds, you have to collect 50 rings. And then, you know, you just hit the Y button and you turn into hypersonic. It's great for boss battles because hypersonic is broken mm -hmm. and you just... <laughs> After a few hits, you're, you know, you're the boss is toast. So does this have save states, or is this something you have to play all the way through? Um, it has state save states. Okay. So Sonic Three was actually the first game to incorporate that. Okay. Um, so you can have different you have different files that you can pick from, 
And after you go through each zone, it basically saves it, which is very, very nice. Yes. Considering the the length of this game. I was going to ask how long this game is, because, I mean, like you said, you finish Sonic 3, which is a full game in itself. Then you go to Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which is a whole other game. You certainly not expected to play the whole thing through in one shot. Well, Sonic and Knuckles is pretty short compared to the other Sonic games. I think there's only six stages. And Sonic 3, I think, has like eight, maybe. Not not too many, but it's enough to be a noticeably shorter game. Um, But what I like the most about, really, and this kind of goes to Sonic 3 as well, uh, as a solo game. What I like about the Sonic games is there's little nuances that are added from the previous installment that make the overall gaming experience better. So in Sonic 3, they introduce the multiple shield options. Like in Sonic 2, you can get this blue shield that protects you from a hit. But in Sonic 3, you have a lightning shield, which gives you like a second jump, and it also attracts rings to you. You get the flame shield, which makes you invulnerable to fire attacks, and it also gives you kind of a homing attack. If you do a double jump, it shoots you forward like a fireball. You get uh, the bubble shield, which means you can breathe underwater. And also the music, too. Um, So like with Sonic 2, they use the same track for Act 1 and Act 2 of each zone, but they remix the tracks a little bit for Acts 1 and 2, which also adds to that gaming experience, because I love the Sonic soundtracks, but... This might be a little tease for next week's show. Sonic 3, and Knuckles for that matter, might be my favorite Sonic soundtrack of all time. Hmm. Because of that, because of the little nuances, all the tracks are are great. They're all, you know, catchy and they hold their own weight in their own mind. Or in their own way, I should say. Yeah, uh, I, I really liked, I was trying to pick out tracks to do uh, the music to for the intro here. And there were at least a good four or five tracks where I was like, man, these are all really good. I don't know which one to pick. So I went with the stage select screen. Yeah. And that's what's pretty consistent about the Sonic games. And a lot of people don't like the 3D versions of them. But the music has always been good. Mm-hmm. From the original game that was released in 91 all the way to now. Some of the 3D games I don't care for. But they still have good music. It's one but, thing I've uh, always talk- liked about Sonic. I've always enjoyed Sonic's music. It, it's so memorable. It, I mean, it's just as memorable as, as Mario music to me. It's going to be tough because, you know, with my top five list, I like to just use one game per franchise. It's going to be tough to narrow a Sonic game down. Yeah. Because and, and all the soundtracks are really good in their own right. And that says something about that music, too, because, I, you know, I never had a Sega Genesis but I saw and heard enough Sonic growing up that I know that music instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's that's something that's really stood the test of time. I think 16-bit and 8-bit music has stood the test of time, mm-hmm. but the Sonic music especially has just such a, a cool charm to it. And it all... All the music you know the music fits each stage that it's designed for like it Mm. it captures the feel of that whether it's like a tropical theme or an ice world or a volcano it captures that feel you know almost immediately and and don't but don't forget to let everybody know uh before right before we started the show you had sent me some pictures of the final screen yeah so I mentioned at the top of the review, I had never beaten the combined Sonic 3 and Knuckles before, and I said on the show last week that I was going to do it. Well, I had all intentions of taking my Switch on you know, our trip to Savannah, and when we got there, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot it. So we got back Sunday night, and I started playing it, and I was able to get all the Super Emeralds. Well, I got home, went for my run, and then I just sat down and I'm like, I'm beating this game before the show. And 20, 25 minutes before, it mm-hmm. happened. And what's cool is that with this game, 
there's an exclusive final boss that you can only fight if you've gotten either the, all the Chaos Emeralds or all the Super Emeralds. So you you fight, the climax of the, the game is it takes place on Robotnik's um, giant death egg machine. And you have to fight him a few different times with some of his different machines. Once you beat him, he takes the Master Emerald that he stole from Knuckles earlier in the game and flies out into space. Well, then you turn into supersonic or hypersonic, depending on your your progress, and you fly through this asteroid belt chasing after him. Hmm. And you have to... Uh, he shoots these homing missiles at you, and you have to redirect them to where they hit him instead of you. Once you do that, he comes back with another machine, and he's still carrying the master. Like You have to fight him like five different times <laughs> before you finally beat him once and for all. And so it's just this cool, like, kind of urgent race against time because every second that goes by, it depletes a ring out of your ring count. And once you hit zero, you turn back into normal Sonic and you die. Mm -hmm. So you're having to go through this asteroid field, collect rings, all while trying to chase Robotnik and redirect these missiles to to hit him. It's a really fun boss battle, and I, I really liked it. And there have been some cool final boss battles, but that's up there with my favorite just because it's so fast paced. Yeah. But it, I, I really enjoyed going back and I, I played through these games individually and I've reviewed them individually, but I think playing them together is the definitive experience of playing both of these games. Because like I said, it tells one cohesive story and you get to experience that by playing the two games together. And had they not done Sonic the Hedgehog 2 the way they did, when I say Sonic 2, I mean the movie, I could have seen this really working as as its own movie, mm. you know, like with the storyline. Because a lot of the early Sonic games aren't very story-driven. It's just, oh, you're Sonic, you gotta fight Robotnik, you collect the Chaos Emeralds, and that's kind of it. Yeah. There's not really a storyline that goes along with it. Like, there's cutscenes with you know, with you fighting Knuckles and him discovering that Robotnik's really the bad guy and not Sonic. So there's cool little nuances like that. And this thing with the Chaos Emeralds turning into the Super Emeralds, that's something different story-wise that I hadn't seen in a 2D Sonic game before. So do you think in Sonic, the Sonic 3 movie, we're going to get Hyper Knuckles, Hyper Tails, and Hyper Sonic? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe. I don't know. I... I think with the movie, because they're bringing Shadow in, I think it's going to be a hybrid story of Sonic Adventure 2 and the Shadow the Hedgehog solo game. Yeah. I don't know how much they're going to dive into to Shadow's origins, but that the movie will be a discussion for for another podcast. But The whole thing about um, this game, the, 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 the most interesting aspect of this game to me is the fact that they were trying to do a thing where you could hook the game cartridges together to make new games or add to new characters and new, almost like DLC, but in a primitive way, which is just fascinating to me. Like it, what it, it wouldn't have gone past the 16 bit era because we had moved on to CDs and, uh, you know, digital media after that. But imagine how cool it would have been during the Super Nintendo Genesis era, if this sort of game stacking uh, technology would have taken off. I mean, imagine playing, um, I don't know, F-Zero, and you put you know, your Mario Kart cartridge on the top of it. Next thing you know, you've got Mario in uh, F-Zero. Like, that would have been awesome. Or you have Captain Falcon and Mario yeah. Kart, and he just smokes. He smokes everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sega was really ahead of its time with this because I remember Nintendo were they were going to try something similar with the Banjo Kazooie games. Uh, it was called the Stop and Swap method, mm -hmm. where and I think I talked about this when I reviewed I, these two games. I remember you talking about that. But, yeah, but you were you were going to unlock um, specific areas in Banjo Tooie that you could then swap out the cartridge and put 
Banjo-Kazooie back in yeah. and then go back to certain worlds where these things have been unlocked and you get exclusive items. But I just don't think they perfected that technology. And looking back on it, what they should have done was they should have just maybe made Banjo-Tooie like Sonic and Knuckles and mm-hmm. have the the slot at the top of the cartridge where you just plug Banjo-Kazooie in. This is also the time where where Sega probably had that patented and yeah, nobody true. else could do it but them. But it's true. a cool idea, though. I really like the idea. Like, it kind of, you know, it opens the imagination a little bit. Like, what if they had been doing this back then? Like, what games could you combine to get certain characters in other games. Like imagine playing Legend of Zelda uh, uh, Link to the Past and then you take you know, an expansion game to add on to it that would have given you more levels and you know, uh, uh, other playable characters in the game. That would have been awesome. Well, and even if Sega did file the patent, I wish they would have explored it mm-hmm. a little bit more. And... Uh, as a side note, you can also plug Sonic the Hedgehog 2 into Sonic and Knuckles and play through the Sonic 2 game as Knuckles, mm. which adds a whole new experience to it because like Knuckles is a character, he can't jump as high, but you can glide and climb on walls. Yeah. So it, it adds a, a certain amount of difficulty to it, especially in you know stages like the chemical plant zone where you've got to go through this pink water but you can't jump as high, so you have to scale the walls while you're underwater and mm. not drown. Yeah, and Rampage but, said, from what he understands, it was basically a game genie with the rest of the game. And it kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. because that's what the game genie did. You know, you plugged your game into the game genie and plugged it into you know your Nintendo or Super Nintendo Genesis, which that was a whole other can of worms back then with litigations because you can go there's a a lot of really good uh small documentaries you can watch about that the the whole game genie thing on youtube Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of uh litigation going on back then like nintendo was not happy with the game genie i remember there was i don't think it was a game genie but it was something similar where you could hack into the pokemon games and you could have like an unlimited supply of like Pokeballs, Master mm-hmm. Balls. You get really any kind of Pokemon you want. And I'm like, because I, I had one and I even almost felt wrong playing it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> is this an ethical thing to do? But then I'm like, it's it's Pokemon. So yeah. come on. But <laughs> I I really enjoyed going back and playing through these two games together. I think it's the definitive experience of playing like the games are good on their own, but when you combine them together, it makes for a pretty epic 2d side scroller. And you know, the level designs are great. Love the music. Um, the zones are hard, but not like frustratingly hard, especially when you get to the end. I like the exclusivity of, you know, you can only fight this certain boss if you play as Sonic, like, cause you can play as Tails on his own, but you only make it to the Death Egg. Like, you don't become Super Tails. That only happens if you play as Sonic. Hmm. So it adds a certain amount of exclusivity. If you want to play through it as Tails by himself, you can. If you want to play through it as Knuckles, you can do that. So there, there's a certain replayability to it. I I'd still say Sonic 2 is my all-time favorite Sonic game, but this would be a very strong number 2. I had a blast going back and playing through this game as the full experience and it only took me 30 years, but I beat it. <laughs> hey, you sound like me with Ninja Gaiden. It only took 30 right? years to beat that one. Yeah. I just I could never get past the death egg. It was yeah. just it was like a white whale to me, but, but I did it. It's almost like we've gotten better as we've gotten older. Like I was a terrible, I loved video games when I was a kid, but I was terrible at them. There were certain games that I felt like I was good at, but there were others like fighting games. I love playing them, but I'm terrible at them. Like I love mortal Kombat, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah. 
Well, like, I just get lucky. I just don't understand how, as an adult, I can beat games like Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania, like all these games that I could never beat as a kid. It's not like my reflexes have gotten any better. Actually, they've probably say, gotten for, worse. <laughs> I was about to say, for me, they've definitely gotten worse. <laughs> but I can beat those games now regularly and never could as a kid. That's just weird to me. Yeah. Well, I can't remember what I gave Sonic 2 as a score. I, I would imagine 10. I probably gave... <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you probably gave it a 10. I probably did. We'll, we'll say I gave it a 10. I'll give this... I'll give it a solid 9. It's good. extremely good game. Um, but I just, Sonic 2 edges it out for me, but that's not a knock on this game. It is, if you told me this was your favorite Sonic game, I wouldn't argue it. It's very, very good. And I'm glad that I went back and played it. I need was to go able back to and play it. these too, because I, I really haven't played much Sonic in my life and I need I, to do more. I would love to get your take on it. If you start with one, I would say start with Sonic 2. That's what I need. Like Sonic to do. 1's a fun game in its own right, but Sonic 2 is much better. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, that's just the consensus around the world. <laughs> Sonic 2 is the better game. Mm-hmm. 100%. But uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. And I just want to remind everybody guess what next week is? You, you remember what next week is, Derek? Episode 300. 300. 300 episodes next week. Our 300th episode, and you know what we're doing? I can't believe it. I know. It's 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 here. It's 300 mm-hmm. freaking episodes. I feel like we talked about this a year ago. I know. And now it's already here. It's well, insane. But it's... I'm sure we'll save a lot of the sentimental stuff for next week, but the, the show's been a blast to do, and I, uh, I hope yeah. we do 300 more. As long as I don't die, we'll do 300 more. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to do top five game soundtracks, and you can send them to us via our email. Uh, you can join our Discord. Uh, you can do it. Uh, send us a message on Twitter or tweet at us. Whatever you want to do, just get us those top five game soundtracks. We will be um, our special guests will be here next week. Mr. Joey Image and the fact checker himself, Mr. Wally Phelps, will be here with us to help us celebrate 300 episodes and talk about our top five game soundtrack so get those to us by next sunday which is the what the 20th is the 20th you have until sunday the 20th to get us your lists yeah i started mine uh today and it's at 18 <laughs> so i'm gonna have fun narrowing it down this week uh, but no, it's nearly that big but it's it's up there and it's always, you know, you know, it's going to be a good show when Wally and Joey are a part of it. So oh, yeah. excited to to chat with them, you know, and, and celebrate 300 episodes. <laughs> Joey says he doesn't remember that we just talked about it the other day. How'd you forget already? <laughs> uh, he's, he better be kidding. <laughs> like, are you drunk? Like, we just talked about this. Uh, oh, it's all good. No, but... it'll it'll be a fun show. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be a blast. So it's 300 episodes. And also, if you want to tell us congratulations or whatever, you can send us voicemails at anchor.fm slash nerdcaveretro. Um, yeah, he said he's kidding. Uh, send your email, your voicemails to us at anchor.fm slash nerdcaveretro. We'll play them on the show. Or if you want to send us an MP3 to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com, we will play them on the show. And thank you all so much for for hanging with us for 300 damn episodes cuz we love doing this show. Mhm. Oh yeah, Joey, I just st- just save your list. You don't you don't have to send us a list. You just read yours on the show. Yeah. But uh but Derek, what is going on in your life before we get out of here? Uh just like I said, you know, still finalizing uh, things with my short film hopefully have that done um, in the next couple of weeks once it's done i'll announce the details as far as uh we're going to be doing a local premiere um in january so i'll be announcing the details for that if you want to follow um i've been starting to do a, a little bit of you know i don't want to call it marketing but uh, i've been doing some film related postings on my new social pages at d diamond film on facebook twitter and instagram so you can uh, you can give me a follow there. Awesome. And like I was I said earlier, Open Micros Podcast, we just talked to at TV's Travis of the Wait You Haven't Seen podcast. 
this last week. Uh, just dropped today, actually. It's a very good episode. Go check it out. And um, it's at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. And I think that's it. Is that everything? Should we get out of here? I think so. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And you can go straight to nerdcaveretro.com. That takes you straight to our link tree, which goes to our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our merch page, ncrmerch.com, where you can go get um, go get t-shirts, all kind of stuff, coffee mugs, magnets, stickers. We got it all, ncrmerch.com. Follow us individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond on Twitter. Go to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where you can give us as little as a dollar a month get you access to all of our extra content. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Gotta go fast. Yeah. I love the power glove. It's so bad.